Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world, this is your host for the David Harris Jr. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is another episode with your host, David J. Harris Jr. And today I have the honor and the privilege of having the president of Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr. with me today. He's been, and Liberty University has been in the news quite a lot and very controversial. They were trending on Twitter. A lot of misinformation that's been out there about what Liberty University has done, what Jerry Falwell Jr. has done, and Jerry is here to set the record straight. So I'd like to just say, first of all, thank you so much Jerry Falwell Jr. for joining me today. It's a truly honor and a privilege to have you on to help set the record straight. Well, no, the honor and privilege is all mine to be with you, David. You're one of my favorite people. Wow, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. You know, and I've had the honor, I've had the privilege of being at Liberty University and seeing your amazing university. Your campus is literally second to none. I've t- I've spoken to individuals that have been at Harvard, been to Duke, been to some of the most perceived prestigious universities in the country. And they say, without a doubt, what Liberty has to offer and the scale to which that it's been grown and is still growing is something to truly be respected and revered uh, in universities. And for it to be a Christian university that champions our goals, champions our faith, and then is bringing together so many young people from around the country and around the world, it's truly, I believe, one of the most cherished and for a lot of people, unseen and unrecognized so far, universities out there, but I think it's one to be revered, and I hope that our audience gets that from you today. Well, tell everybody how much the students loved you when you spoke to Convocation, David. That's what you need to be talking about. You hit it out of the park. Yeah, your convocations there are absolutely amazing. 10,000 plus students all getting to hear from some amazing speakers. And here's the other brilliant thing that I love about what you do as a Christian university. You know, I love David Nasser and his heart behind it, the campus pastor. You bring in speakers from all backgrounds, all walks of life. I mean, it's something that most Christian universities probably don't do. You give a floor to pretty much anybody to allow your students the opportunity to really hear from individuals that may be leading in their field that may not even be believers, but you invite individuals in and let them share and speak to give your students a well-rounded opportunity to see and hear what's out there. That's so that's so yeah. foreign for most you know Christian schools that I know of. They don't want to let anybody in that is not 100% in line with what they believe. Talk about that for a second. Why have you, as a university, chosen oh. to open up your doors for convocation to mainstream individuals that may not even be believers? First of all, bringing all the students together twice a week creates a sense of community. And I don't know why more universities don't do it because it creates, it, it really increases morale. It helps to make everybody feel like they're part of a family. But how can you defend what you believe if you don't hear what others believe who disagree with you? And that's, to me, that should be the whole point of college is to hear every, every viewpoint, people from all, all walks of life, from all opinions, every, people who have different opinions than yours. That's the only way you can learn how to defend what you believe is if you know what the other side's going to say. And so that's the reason we do it. Well, it's a brilliant way to do to do a university. It is true. More universities should do that, invite their students to partake in it. 
the, the, the list and the names of people that have been through there and spoke are, are pretty amazing. But it's a brilliant thing that I love about Liberty University. Beautiful campus, beautiful people there. I mean, just the amount of respect and honor that you feel there from the students is, is truly something that should be revered and looked at by other universities. And you're definitely not breeding any snowflakes there when you bring in speakers from all different you know, perspectives. You are embodying what a university should be, uh, a place for free thought and free speech and then championing, you know, what your beliefs are and you you're building a generation of champions is what you're doing there. So kudos to you, hats off to you, amazing job. Thank you. That's our goal. Our goal is to do everything you just said. So you have, you know, I, I always try to see the silver lining in things. We'll we'll get into the coronavirus in a minute, but I truly believe that you know, when all of the when all the facts come out, especially from this podcast and from this episode, Hopefully, more than ever, people will know the name Liberty University, but we want them to know the facts about Liberty University. So what the New York Times meant for evil, believe they've actually, absolutely, they do it all the time to our president. They target Christians. They target conservatives. They're driven by a bunch of leftist liberals that really, I believe, have have it out for America. What the what New York New York Times and so many other publications meant for evil, I think God is going to use for good. For the New yeah, York Times to run a hit piece, basically, you you shared that it was absolutely false. That you they, they shared that you reopened your university, that you reopened your school. There was so much. You you were you know Liberty University was trending. I think it's still trending. I was looking at it today on Twitter, and there's so much misinformation yeah. out there. I believe they did it intentionally, but can you just clear it up? For America, what exactly actions did you take for your students to allow them to come back to campus? We did the same thing almost every other university did. There's a few Ivy Leagues that said, send everybody home, push the problem off on somebody else. But we did, Virginia Tech, for example, has 950 students on campus. They're an hour and a half up the road from Lynchburg. We have a little over a thousand, but all we did was convert student dorms to an apartment complex. It's their home. They paid for it, they paid to live there. They paid for the food already. And so we, we, all the restaurants on campus went to takeout. No classes. All classes were being done online. And a few labs with under 10 people that there's no way to do online in the medical school and the nursing school. And that's it. So we didn't do anything differently than any other college, but we got targeted and you're right, there's a, there's a scripture verse that said, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I really think there's no such thing as bad publicity because it allows you to tell your story. The only time you have to worry is when they're not talking about you at all. That's my philosophy. <laughs> and so I take it as a compliment that they targeted us because they wouldn't be targeting us, didn't feel threatened by liberty and what it stands for. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, you are also, I think the other reason that they've targeted you is the same reason that they target the president so often. And you are a a proponent for him. You are an early proponent for him. You came out and shared from your perspective and from, from a position of faith why we should, as believers, as Christians, support this president. And they target him all the time. So do you think that part of them targeting you is just because of that disdain that they already have for the president and they know that you support him? There's no, there's no question. If I'd supported Hillary Clinton, they'd be telling us, they'd be printing stories about how wonderfully the university, the Liberty University is handling this virus. And, you know, I look back to the H1N1 virus in 2009, 300, no, 60 million 
Americans had the virus. 300,000 were in the hospital. 17,000 died. And President Obama didn't do nearly. His steps were not um, even close to what President Trump has done. But yet, President Trump is being criticized and for going, you know, for not doing enough. I just wish we had done more in 2009 when, when we had a, a virus that was just as bad, maybe worse. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it's all political. They politicize everything, and they don't care who they hurt when they politicize. When they make these kind of accusations, they don't care that they scare people in the Lynchburg community unnecessarily. We have zero cases on campus. Nobody with symptoms on campus. We have one online student who hasn't been on campus for weeks who tested positive, but I talked to him and he said he had, he had a headache one day and he had a few aches another day and that was it. But he never went on campus during the weeks before he tested positive. So they reported we had 12 people, we had 12 possible cases on campus, complete lie. The doctor who, who didn't work for us, who was just guessing at the numbers told them that, he was wrong, that the numbers were not what he thought they were. And they sort of printed a little bit of a retraction, but nobody sees that. Yellow, yellow journalism, I think it's what they called it back in, in the uh, 19th century. It's sad that America's media has stooped so low to uh, be so irresponsible and to, and to not care who they hurt just for political reasons. It is. It's disgusting. They do it all the time. You're right. A hundred percent. They don't, you know, they'll print a, a tiny retraction later. They don't make it front page news. They don't post it and push it like they did and say, hey, we apologize. We got this wrong. The facts that we purported were facts were not actually facts. They were false. They, are, they, they champion their fake news and they don't champion their retractions. And you're right. They don't care who they hurt. You know, the students in this, the students and the family, that's, that's something that all of Americans should be thinking about, is what does it do to the students and the families of those students when a front page you know, article, New York Times, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr., Liberty University, they opened up their university, there's 12 cases on campus, when none of the students or families had heard anything from you because there weren't any, what does that do to the students and the families when they see something like that and have to battle that? Well, the students know better because they're on campus and they know it's a ghost town. It's uh, built for 16,000 students, but there's only a little over a thousand there. And so you pretty much really have to go looking for another person to see anybody. <laughs> so they, and they see all the precautions we've taken, best practices, wiping down surfaces every hour, take out food only, you know, areas are, are, are taped off so that they can't sit close to each other in the buildings. And so they know it's safe. And, they, and they, most of them have told me that uh, they feel safer here than they did at home because one girl said she had 200 cases in, the, in the, her, the county where she lived in Michigan. We had, wow. I tweeted out a video of another girl who talked about how, how safe it was on campus. And I've gotten so many comments from parents and from students thanking me for opening it up because they live on the West Coast and they're they're their son or daughter couldn't travel home for spring break. It was too expensive. And then not to, not to mention the international students who had no choice but to stay here. They couldn't go home. And so I think it would have been the most unchristian thing that we could have done to tell everybody, leave. You're not going to live here. Take your problems somewhere else. Go away. And instead of keeping them here and keeping them safe. And 
I don't care who, how much criticism we get. I'm not going to back down. And they can uh, scream bloody murder as long as they want to. All it's going to do is make me have more resolve. Well, and it's because of your bold and decisive leadership that these students do have a place to go and do have food. I actually have a video from one of your students that is thankful that he's not only had a place to go, but also able to get some of the food. Let's watch this. My name is Jacques Durham, and I'm a senior at Liberty University. When I saw the New York Times post, I was definitely concerned because I didn't want to make sure I didn't have it, of course. But I do hope people can see that it's beneficial for the students and the faculty that do have to stay here in Lynchburg, Virginia, just to be able to still have food because a lot of the stores are wiped out right now, and it's really hard to get the necessities. So being able to still be on campus and still finish your academics this semester and still get the food options is really kind of helping a few people. So the ability to get food is what your students have. The ability to not be so close quarters with maybe family or friends or be in hot spots. You know, your students seem to definitely uh, feel like they've benefited from your actions. And that seems to be a sentiment. I hear that you've heard from a lot of the families of the students that are really appreciative and supportive of you taking this action. Maybe you can share some of those stories. They're telling me that their, you know, their son or daughter are from areas of the country that are hot spots for the virus. And so they're so happy that they're here, that they're being taken care of, sit in a safe manner. You know, we uh, close the campus to anybody who's not faculty, staff, or students, or somebody with official business from the university, doing official business with the university. And one of the, the New York Times reporter, we're not sure, we think she came on campus. If she did, she was trespassing. And if we find out that's true, we're going to get a warrant sworn out for her, but I, she's, she lives in Northern Virginia. So that's breaking news if you want to put it out. But, well, uh, I hope you find her because, that's, yeah, that's exactly what they do. They'll break their rules just to try to create and concoct a story that can slam, especially a Christian organization like yours, or especially somebody that supports the president. So I hope you, I hope you find yeah. her. <laughs> we, know, we know where she is. It's question whether she's here on campus or not. Some say she was, some say she wasn't, but I'll let the police figure that out. All right. I've got another video here (laughs) that I think is beautiful from one of your students that actually does live in Alaska. And he was sharing why it was so important for him to have the ability to still stay on campus. I actually live in Fairbanks, Alaska. So the decision to stay for me was one, the time difference, four hours. I mean, I know everybody has their their reasons for staying or going. Um, for me, it was one time difference, and two, um, the fact that I have six siblings. So the space on my house, I wouldn't really be able to get work done. Like an 8 a.m. class, I'd have to be there at 4 a.m. And then on top of that, having to worry about, okay, turning things in on time now as that time difference and um, distractions. So for me, this space um, that I have here, um, is really great because it's like I can do my work, I can focus on other things, but I can also, you know, have fun in the sense of like playing online games with friends or FaceTiming or whatever. It's it's a it's an environment that allows me to have a little bit more freedom of what I'm doing with that time. Man, your students are serious. I mean, this is something else that I think Americans need to understand, or maybe we're not thinking about because it's not so front face in the media is that there's so many students all around the country that are displaced, that are worried about, that are concerned with their ability to continue to finish their work, to be able to graduate, to be able to get their finals done. And all of those things play a role you know, in these students' lives. And here, Liberty University is giving the students that do choose 
to go back to their to their dorm and self-isolate and still do their studies online, uh, you're giving them the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, the funny thing is, is within a mile or two of campus, there are apartment complexes full of people, much more densely populated than Liberty. Nobody's saying a thing about them. And at Liberty, I'm, I'm telling you, it's there's room for everybody to have not six feet of space, but 60 feet of space or more. It's just... <laughs> It's a big campus, and there's not many people there, and it, all the rules are being enforced like you wouldn't believe. And I've, I've heard from so many parents thanking us. Everybody's thanking us except the New York Times and, and the mainstream media. Like I said, I think they're doing us a favor. Attacking us is a, is a compliment. It means we're doing something they don't like. Yeah, well, you are, and your students definitely seem to love you for it. I've got one more little quick, quick clip. Your students not only are passionate about their school, they're passionate about their faith, but they seem pretty woke as well. They don't seem to be buying into what the mainstream media is showing, especially New York Times is showing the country. This little clip from one of your students I thought was brilliant. I'm Clayton Medinsky. I'm a junior okay. at Liberty University. So I'm a little bit confused on what the actual facts are, but I guess when it comes to either choosing to believe my school or the New York Times, I'm going to choose my school just because, you know, they, they have no reason to lie to us. And sometimes news organizations can try to get some of the clicks out of people. I think it cut it off a little bit. He said they're trying to get clicks out of people is what they're doing. And that's exactly what they're doing. And they thought they were doing it at your expense. But I think that when the facts come out and the news comes out, hopefully you get a heck of a lot of apologies and more people understanding that Liberty University is a a university to be revered, respected and and appreciated for the actions that you've taken for your students, for American students and some internationals. Uh, students to be able to learn, grow, and continue their education uh, as best they can. And you're, you've championed online education since 1985. You really began to put put things in place to be able to create something that you're one of the largest. Liberty University is one of the largest online schooling educational programs in the country. What did you ever think that this would be a dealing with a pandemic and a, giving the kids an opportunity to learn from from online courses would be an issue or reason? For online, or were you just trying to broaden it out? Kind of what were your what were your thoughts behind that, no, no, and, no, and where no, how's your progress been? Back in the eighties, the idea was simply to make education affordable and accessible to everyone because there are lots of adults who didn't finish college for financial reasons, or they needed to get a master's degree to get a promotion. And so our goal was just to make education accessible to everyone. The Ivy League won't do it because their faculty won't allow it because they don't think it's prestigious enough for them. But we don't believe in, it's, our purpose is not to be pres- prestigious. We want to provide quality education, but provide it to everyone, make it affordable. And, you know, we were perfectly suited for a disaster like this because we had 35 years of practice of uh, doing online. So it was easy for us to convert. But you mentioned New York Times and clickbait. That student's brilliant because... Those newspapers are failing. I mean, they really are in trouble financially, even though they're owned by wealthy people who probably will keep them floating. But the only way they can get readers is clickbait. And so that's why you see stories like this. That's why you see false stories. They act more like bloggers than they do mainstream media like they, like they used to be. And so it, I think it was brilliant for that student to, to pick up on that. But but our our 35 years of history with online education really put us in the right spot. 
I really think what we're doing this, this spring will become a model for other universities to follow in the future if there's ever another pandemic like this. And they'd be wise to watch what we're doing and learn from it. Yeah, they absolutely would. And, and that just even points out all the more, all those Ivy League schools that have refused to do the online learning program because it's, quote unquote, not prestigious enough. How many of their students now wish they had something like you have there for your students at Liberty University? I think that goes a long way. Yeah, they just, I mean, my understanding is they just sent them home. Harvard with a $40 billion endowment is not even paying their hourly workers who prepare the food and cafeteria because they sent students home. You'd think they would have at least the decency to pay the folks who need it the most, but they don't. They uh, don't care if the, if the students finish their degrees. They're not giving them the online options. I understand it. I, if I'm wrong about that, I apologize, but that's what I've heard. You know, I think we've got to be about the students, treating them like customers. That's, that's our whole philosophy. They're the ones we're here to serve. And if we're not here, to, if we're not here to do that, then we have no reason. Well, I think you're doing it uh, very effectively. You're doing it well, and you are a beacon of light for for Christian universities and for believers as far as what you've created there for your students to learn and to grow. And hopefully, the Ivy League schools do pick up on it and change some of the the way they conduct business. I, I you know, Charlie Kirk's a good friend of mine, as as well as he is yours. We're part of the Falkirk Center together. Thank you so much for championing the Falkirk Center and bringing uh, us together to be able to champion Christian values in media and in, in different aspects of what our current society, you know, there's there's so much gray area, it seems like, when you're a believer, as far as how you can stand up and be effective and actually share your beliefs in public and in the media, in the space, the media space. But uh, the Falkirk Center has been an absolute blessing to be a part of. Um, and, uh, Charlie Kirk has been championing the, the need for reform on universities and campuses for, you know, years now, always showcasing how so left leaning so many of the professors are, the, the teachers, 80 to 90% in some schools. And they've really be turned into indoctrination camps for our students and how many families and parents are paying for this, paying for their kids that may have come from a good Christian family and they send them off to one of these Ivy League schools. And what they get, you know, our raving individual student that comes back home with all these far leftist ideologies and beliefs and believes America is bad and probably doesn't have faith in the Bible anymore because that's, you know, that's taboo too. So the fact yeah. that you are leading the charge with the, with your university, you know, it should be something that a lot of parents around the country uh, look to that are about to send their kids, their kids off to, uh, to universities. We're, we're blessed and honored to have friends like you, David. Thank you for coming, coming alongside us and working with us to try to correct that problem. And Liberty, you know, it, my father once said, if it ever becomes like one of those schools you just mentioned, he said, my instructions are to burn it to the ground. <laughs> so wow. It's all brick and steel. It's all, it's all brick and steel, so it'll be hard to burn. But, but our goal is to make sure it never happens. Now, really quickly, I'd love to get your take. As a very successful CEO, which you are leading, univer- leading Liberty University, you know, you've referenced that the president is a CEO running our country. To be a person of faith and to be a CEO yourself, you know, how would you, how would you categorize how the president is not only handling this crisis, but even handling our country overall? Well, the reason I supported him is because he's a businessman, not a professional politician. And a businessman understands first and foremost that they have a fiduciary responsibility to do 
what's in the best interest of the organization they lead, whether it be a country or a corporation or a business. And that might mean that might mean something, you know, it may Jesus said pers- taught personal charity. We're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves and forgive our debtors. But when you're head of a corporation or a country, you have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's right for that country. So it means you have a different set of rules. And I knew with a with a businessman in charge, we'd finally have somebody who knew what it knew how much sacrifice it takes to sign the front of a paycheck. I worked with my father for 20 years when Liberty was struggling. I was the, I was the young attorney, and every weekend we were I was on the phone. He was on the phone with donors, lenders, trying to find the money to cover the paychecks that had already gone out the Friday before. And somehow God provided, and we we found the money when we needed it just in time. But it's uh, until you've been through that experience and learn what it takes to make a business operate, to provide a paycheck to other people, you really don't understand that being rich, you know, everybody says that rich people are bad. Rich people have to work a lot harder than most people. Most people go home on Friday afternoon at five o'clock and don't think about work until Monday. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying, all right, somebody who has sacrificed to make a business work and, and stayed up late on the weekends, you know, uh, trying to figure out a way to get through the next week. Somebody like that is who we needed to run this country because the country was $20 trillion in debt when he took over. And it's, it's going to take, I hope we elect more business people in the future and fewer professional politicians because all they do is do focus groups and they put their finger in the wind to see which way the wind's blowing before they decide what to say. And we've had enough of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we've had enough. And I think that that's why Donald Trump has taken on, uh, has received so much support from Democrats and independents is that they see that as president, he has cut through so much of the red tape, so much of the bureaucracy that's normally driving the decisions in D.C. And he's putting Americans first, you know, and that's uh, that's what I know I appreciate and love about him. And I think that I had a, a lady on my show last week that was a 20 year Democrat that was a Beto O'Rourke supporter. And she uh, obviously when Beto fell out, she wasn't didn't have him to support anymore. But she said there's no way she was going to support Bernie or Joe Biden. And she then she saw how the mainstream media continued to blast Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, over his handling of the coronavirus. And she saw the hypocrisy in it. And she just made a decision last week. She said, I'm going to vote for for President Trump because I actually do believe now that he's putting Americans first. I think there's a lot more of that going on than most of us realize. There's there's so many evangelicals who stayed home last time, not because they they didn't like what Donald Trump stood for, but because he was a different type of politician. But every everyone I talk to now has come behind him 100 percent. And I called him the other night. He answered the phone on the first ring. He's so personable. He's uh, he's one of us. He's not. He, so, so many Republican presidents that I've known in the past have their nose in the air and they act like they're doing you a favor to uh, talk to you. But he's not like that. He's 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 really one of us. He's been in the trenches. He's built something from scratch. You know, it, it's so refreshing to finally have somebody like that. That's why I'm going to keep supporting them. And I think you're right. I think that the level of support is so much higher now than it was in 2016 for Donald Trump. 
there were a lot of people who hated Hillary Clinton probably more than they hated Joe Biden. So, so, so we'll we'll have to come back. We'll have to fight that battle. But it's yeah. uh, I think I think we got enough new support to overcome that. I, I do, I do too. Well, that's a beautiful story to be able to call the president and have him answer on the first ring. You know, that's something that, uh, oh, yeah. goodness, that's got to feel good. He's been doing that for four years. And first thing he said before he even said hello, he said, uh, so Jerry, you're staying open. I'm <laughs> talking about liberty. I said, no, Mr. President, we're just, we're just taking care of students and don't have anywhere else to go. He was very supportive. And we talked for a long time and I told him what a great job he was doing. I, I just, I said, it's not about me. I said, this call's about you. I just want to tell you how much we appreciate it what you've done for this country, what you're doing every day. And we, that, that's the kind of conversation. Well, that's amazing. Love that. Uh, I, I loved, I, I don't have his phone number yet, but I was in the Oval Office a few weeks ago and uh, got to share some time in there with him. And yeah. he said he likes my videos and watches my stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I always have the same feeling though. Every time I've met him and I've met him seven or eight times, he's just down to earth. You know, he's, He's just yeah. real. He's genuine. He genuinely cares about people. And that's why it's so disgusting yeah. how this mainstream media and Democrat politicians keep trying to label him every negative thing in the book from racist to sexist, to homophobe, to xenophobic, to all these things. But I think more Americans today are waking up to their lies and their hypocrisy. So it's a beautiful thing. I think you're right. David. I think you're right, David. And I, uh, like I said, we just appreciate you so much. Well, thank you so much for your time. Jerry Falwell Jr., president of Liberty University. We appreciate you. We appreciate your heart. Uh, We're thankful that you've got a university for Christians to be able to feel confident that they can send their kids off to a university, that they're not going to get indoctrinated. If anything, they're going to get challenged. They're going to get inspired. And I think that uh, I know that they'll meet God there. I mean, in convocation, I mean, God's presence was so thick in there that I don't know how any student could be in there and not be infected by God's goodness. So you've got something amazing going on there at Liberty University, Jerry. Thank you so, so much for what you're doing and for being on my show today. Thank you, David. I'm honored to be your friend. Thank you, brother. The honor is mine. So family, friends, you heard it there first. The facts just do not lie. Jerry Falwell Jr. and Liberty University have been slandered. Is the New York Times going to run a retraction? Are they going to are they going to run an apology to not only Jerry but the entire Liberty University staff? They should absolutely do that. It should be something that is done, but will we see it? Probably not. We probably won't see it. We won't hear about it. So you heard it here first. Please share this podcast with friends and family, post it on social media, help us fight against the onslaught of lies that continue to come from the mainstream media against not only our president, but against amazing individuals like Jerry Falwell Jr. and his incredible university, Liberty University. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.